Welcome to Indie Game Business, where you'll learn to navigate the industry with ease. This show is produced by the Powell Group, the leading business consulting firm in the gaming industry. Visit us online at IndieGame.Business to learn about our online digital events. We have some amazing sessions with people in the gaming industry, and you can participate for free and purchase inexpensive passes to our industry-leading business-to-business system. Now, here we go, Indie Game Business. Welcome everyone to Marketing Best Practices to Boost Your Game's Launch um, with Exola Funding. Thanks everyone for being here today. We're so excited to have you. Uh, we got some really great speakers with us and some really awesome and interesting topics to discuss. Um, so we're gonna kick it off here. I'm Lawrence Mean, I'm Director of Partner Experience with Exola. I've been working with Exola for a almost four and a half years now. And I focus on our digital marketing efforts and our funding efforts, matching developers with investors. Um, and uh, I, you know, I have some great panelists with me here today. So I'm going to go ahead and let them introduce themselves. And then we'll dive into a little bit about Exola funding. And then we'll jump right into the topics after that. So to kick off, I will hand it over to Chris Amaya for her introduction. Hey there, um, I'm Christina Amaya. I am president and co-founder of Latinx and Gaming, and I'm also director of festivals at DreamHack. Um, I have years of experience in marketing, events, social media, and community management in the gaming industry. Nice to meet you all. Great, now I'm gonna hand it over to Christy. Hi everyone, um, I'm excited and proud to be here. I'm the head of operations at Pattern. I've been with the company for uh, almost two years now. Um, I've joined the gaming industry like eight years ago. And uh, the thing is, it just happened. <laughs> it came natural to me as I've always been a gamer uh, since like I was seven maybe. And yeah, I look forward to having a super insightful discussion today. Okay, awesome. Um, so before we dive into our topics, we got to talk a little bit about Exola Funding, who is sponsoring today's talk. It's uh, an obligation, but also a really great um, tool that's going to help developers of all sizes and experiences uh, get into, you know, how do I how do I match with investors and publishers? How do I, uh, you know, make the right deals and make the right connections? So here's a little bit about Exola Funding. We have three different programs right now that can help developers um, launch their game. We have Exola Funding Club, which is a free 
matchmaking service that matches developers one-on-one -on -one with qualified publishers and investors. We qualify every single publisher and investor that comes into our platform. So you can trust that, you know, people you speak to and talk to on the platform are trust uh, are you know, actual experienced investors. Um, we have next is Exola game investment platform, and that's a co-investment platform um, where you can receive, you know, co-investment meaning it's kind of like a kickstarter uh, model but it's only accredited investors so you can trust that you know the funds are coming from the right place and they know how to make the deals exola handles all the logistics for this um so that you don't have to worry about any of the negotiations or revenue distribution and the next is our newest one exola accelerator and this is a 16-week intensive program that um teaches everything you need to know about launching and publishing your game. So we teach things like unique selling proposition, how to market your game, um, you know, how where to where to launch, where to publish, how to get the most revenue. Um, and then you have a mentor as well. And it comes with a hundred thousand dollars bridge funding. So with Exola Funding Club, like I said, it's no cost. We've already had more than eleven hundred developers apply. Um, 95 successful matches with an 8% success rate, which is actually pretty high, and more than 190 uh, investors and publishers on the platform. And then Game Investment Platform, um, it is a revenue-based co-investment, so you can retain equity on your game. You don't lose any control of your studio. Basically, what happens with all of these is you share revenue um, as you after your game launches so it doesn't cost anything to you to get the investment in the first place and then accelerator um i won't dive too far into it but yeah 16 week program 100k bridge funding and uh personalized mentorship applying is really easy um this is the information you need. We require just a basic game information, but of course we recommend that you have a gameplay video. Um, uh, playable build is gonna be your best, it's gonna make give you the best chance of finding an investor or publisher, and of course a strong pitch deck. So without further ado, let's dive right into the topics today that we're gonna be talking about. Um, so, of course, our focus is going to be on marketing your game, but we're really going to talk about how to mobilize your community, get involved, and also how to connect very deeply with audiences and get them interested. Um, so to kick off, let's have an overview of what's going on in game marketing right now. Um, for you guys, Chris and Christy, how would you guys describe the current state of game marketing? Like, what are some of the biggest challenges that developers are facing? And what are some things that may be easier now than they were in the past? So uh, I'm going to hand it off to Christy first. Yeah, thank you. Uh, well, um, first, the gaming industry in general, uh, especially the indie gaming industry, is really at its peak right now. And it has been like this for a while. Um, there are so many crazy good ideas coming out every year. It's really incredible. Um, and I found this uh, statistic for you, which says that 31% more PC and console gamers played indie games in the past year compared to 2021. So this is super, super important. Um, now about game marketing, 
this is exceptionally important <clears throat> in our social media dominant world. Um, I've recently read an article that stated, I think it was 40% of all games which are released, uh, they don't even get a single written review, which is quite sad. Um, it's quite obvious that some of these games have probably failed in terms of um, developing and deploying a, a strong marketing strategy, which is key. Um, and now, you know, as you know, game marketing is more sophisticated than ever. Um, a successful game usually checks every box, like from trailer to copy, to aesthetics, uh, to story, to building a community on social media, and the list goes on and on. Um, at the same time, um, AAA development uh, seems to be declining in popularity. Uh, and this is very telling in the sense that you cannot rely entirely on like unlimited resources. Uh, you really must do uh, way more than that to stay relevant. Um, and an important thing to keep in mind regarding game marketing, once again, uh, and this is also a quick tip for all developers out there, is that you must be super careful about market saturation. Uh, so remember, there are tons of games releasing in almost every genre. And yes, the major challenge is always to, to stand out. Okay, great, yeah. I mean, that's a really great overview. Um, and uh, now I'm gonna hand it over to Chris. So let's... <laughs> hey, yeah, um, you know, definitely good points about market oversaturation. And in general, when it comes to marketing right now, um, we used to have more long form marketing. If you think about like um, what people would watch, et cetera, videos were longer, presentations were longer. And now even within film and media, you're seeing, uh, you're noticing that there's a shorter attention span and things are made for shorter marketing forms. So TikTok is really prevalent right now, whereas before, you know, YouTube longer form marketing was more prevalent. So we're really seeing people get more views off of shorter term content and more viral moments. The problem with viral moments and virality and general is that it is actually really difficult to go viral and it is really difficult to be seen and oversaturation is a huge issue right the amount of games being released is an issue and so how do you compete against a you know a whole team of people from an indie perspective um, when like an EA game for example has one person alone dedicated to TikTok content curation and creation so it's definitely interesting to try to find ways to be viral and I think what works really well within the Gen Z and the younger generations is um, authenticity. So I think that there's a movement towards authentic voices, uh, a movement away from the more corporate sounding stuff and a movement towards um, kind of having uh, shared experiences. Yeah, yeah, all great points. I mean, you know, with the whole uh, market saturation thing, our daily lives are also becoming saturated with input and content and ads and everything. So it's really, really increasingly more challenging to grab people's attention, even hold it for that short 10, 15 second clip. Um, now talking about clips, you know, a lot of our interaction now is on the phone, it's through video. Um, we don't really do as much stuff that's like uh, you know, physical, but so in terms of 
uh, trailers, right? I really wanted to tap a little bit into Christie's uh, expertise here, since you are guys are a trailer house. What is the best thing an indie developer can do when it comes to creating a trailer now in this current market? Um, yeah, that's a very good question. Um, let's start with um, the types of trailers first. So there are mainly two types of, of game trailers. There are story trailers and there are gameplay trailers. Uh, so for the story trailers, they give you a sense of the mood of the game, um, while of course also introducing the story. Uh, but many times the studio releases a story trailer first, then later on they release a gameplay trailer. Um, at least this is the usual recipe. Um, and this is because cinematic trailers can be created before uh, the actual gameplay is fully polished and finished. Uh, so as I said, the main point of a game trailer is to basically convey the mood of the game. Uh, there are many games that cannot be fully conveyed to a customer uh, or to a potential uh, player with a very short video. Uh, so most of the times pre-rendered footage uh, is uh, mandatory. Uh, now, here comes the controversy because generally uh, gamers tend to uh, dislike cinematic trailers. Uh, they much prefer uh, gameplay videos with actual in-game footage. Um, of course, this is a very polarizing subject. It also depends on the genre uh, and the market. Um, a good game trailer um, usually manages to capture the tone of the game. It's not always about including gameplay, but about successfully capturing the whole atmosphere and of course, getting people excited. Um, and I'll give you a few practical tips for creating a good indie game trailer. Uh, first of all, uh, you have to do a lot of research uh, on your market and your competitors. Um, you will find that maybe you might even need to create a different trailer for each market. Um, second, adjust your strategy based on the channel, uh, because what works on YouTube, let's say, might not work very well on TikTok or on Twitter or on, uh, I don't know, Reddit, maybe. Uh, then keep it short. Uh, don't be afraid to go below maybe two minutes. Um, include gameplay footage. As I said earlier, this is widely requested by players. Uh, it's important to balance it out with uh, cinematic scenes, maybe even a voiceover. Uh, make sure to show how the game plays, uh, what its objectives are, and so on. This is really important. Um, choose an engaging soundtrack uh, that needs to go very well with the footage. Have a visual hook, uh, preferably at the start, and keep viewers interested throughout the video. Um, and finally, um, try to have a clear call to action uh, so people know, for example, where to purchase the game or where to look for its release date and so on. So uh, these are my, my tips. Awesome. Thank you for those. It's very comprehensive. Now, for indie developers, you know, a lot of times resource can be an issue for them. 
And so is there a particular platform that they should prioritize their trailer for if they only have, you know, I, I can only in this time make a trailer yeah. for this. That'll um, you know, be most successful. Yeah, this, this depends pretty much on the, on the market itself. As mm-hmm. I said, mm-hmm. market, the market is key here because some markets might prefer YouTube um, like here in Romania, people uh, much likely prefer YouTube, but also they mm. prefer TikTok. Uh, other markets might prefer things like Reddit or Twitter. Uh, so it, you have to do your research very well beforehand. Gotcha, gotcha. Makes a lot of sense. Now, I, you know, for me, for I think that the next thing after trailers of trailers being one of the most important is um, kind of that personal connection with a game like when a when a player sees a trailer right if they really identify with the story or if it speaks to who they are or their community that really strengthens their desire to go and uh, click the download button so I mean we we all know how community and culture play a big role in how audiences connect with games what are the, some of the most effective ways that you've seen developers utilizing um, these different aspects? And I'm going to throw this one over to Chris. Christina, Christina. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> uh, Christy, I was, I was telling I'll, Lawrence, man, these names are, are throwing me absolutely off. Um, I'll say Christina. I'll say Christina, yes. Okay, okay. Also, sorry, just to like... Uh, change a little bit people keep asking what the accelerator is Lawrence if, if you okay want to answer yeah that. so um we'll I'll go into the accelerator a little bit at the end but you can learn more at exola.com slash accelerator you basically apply through our exola funding club program which is the entry point to all of our different um funding platforms so we'll, we'll talk about it a little bit more at the end but it's a very simple sign up process Awesome. Sorry, I, I wanted to answer them while they were still asking um, uh, in the chat and, and have it visible. And thank you for going along with that. Um, sorry, do you mind uh, re- repeating the question? I, my brain is so foggy these days, so apologies. Yes, no problem. Um, so community and culture, they play a really big role in how players connect with games, right? And of course, everything in the world. So have you, what are some really effective ways that you've seen developers utilize this to uh, market and launch their game? I think first, the first question you have to ask yourself as a developer is what is the overarching narrative of your game? I'm going to use a game that recently just came out called OFK. It's um, an indie game that was made by Teddy Deef and um, a small group of indies together. Um, and this game is a music game and it's based around um, you know, musicians coming together and uh, eventually making music through all the trials and tribulations. It's kind of a slice of life game. So the way that they're marketing their game is they're building an audience and a community of creatives, of people who might feel a little bit disenfranchised, um, you know, people that are in the music scene in general, and, and really the queer community is a major part of their um, activation. So they uh, have marketed heavily towards the queer community and they've built around the queer community. Um, their merchandise um, really feels, you know, towards a certain lifestyle subset and brand. Um, the way they are thoughtful in their activations, the way their brand voices. So everything they are doing from brand voice to colors to swag all the way to community um, activation ideas that they have 
are all built around a certain group of people. So oftentimes what I will do at the start of a project is build personas, um, the type of people that might be activating or interested within um, the community. So at DreamHack, I've built six total personas that um, work for uh, the different types of people that might come. Obviously six types of people, there's way more than that. But some of them are hardcore gamers that are you know, younger and just only come to DreamHack for Fortnite, right? Um, and so we try to think of how we advertise to that person and how we build around that person and not just when the game launches, right? But you're thinking about before, after and sustainability long-term. So you need to build a plan from the start of your marketing, which should be at least a year out if you can, it can be shorter, you know, obviously again, I know with Indies, there's a shorter timeline and then pass that. How do you get people to purchase during the Steam sale? Are there events that happen such as June Pride or Pride in July, depending on what country you're in, that you can ad advertise to. Um, and I think those are different things that you have to think of and are important. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, building it in as an overarching part of your marketing strategy, it's gonna be really key. Um, and Christy, how about you? Any thoughts on community and culture? Um, yeah, um, the first thing that came to my mind was, I think the Travis Scott and Fortnite collaboration, mm -hmm. um, which like clashed to different cultures. Uh, then there's a lot of other examples like Lil Nas X and League of Legends. I think it was Balenciaga and Fortnite. I think it was also Gucci and Roblox and the list I think goes on forever. Um, so basically I think this these realities which are clashing and turning video games into a, uh, a, a playground for, for different industries um, is really, has a, a really bright future. Um, and I think, of course, developers have to, to embrace this trend, uh, but also aim for like um, uh, developing those type of collaborations for other types of games, maybe less mainstream, less popular mm -hmm. games to expand their target audience. So this might be uh, another layer of, or another tactic for them to use in order to, to expand their, their audience. Okay, awesome. Um, now I did want to take a moment in this topic to dive a little bit into developer community specifically because now I, Christina, you are the president of Latinx in gaming. Um, I think that us as developers and gamers, we're all a little bit introverted, of course. So sometimes it can be hard to break into these communities or think that, you know, do I really need to do it? So can you talk a little bit about that? What are some of like the benefits and like why, why should people uh, get into these developer communities and what are some of the best ways to do it? Um, I'll, I'll plug Latinx a little bit. Thanks for that. Uh, so from Latinx and gaming's perspective, we are here to help people get jobs, to help elevation and visibility within the gaming industry for Latinos and under underrepresented folks. So if you fall in that category, like we are super open to having you be involved and, you know, uh, get jobs or get visibility for your stuff. That said, we're not the only community like that, right? There are women in games. There's also local chapters of the IGDA. Um, I know Seattle has one. I know Mexico City has one. Um, and you can get involved that way. 
Um, there's also events that happen locally that you can go to. Um, if you are introverted and, you know, public speaking or kind of getting to know people like that does give you anxiety. There are virtual events you can attend, you can join discords, you can interact in those fashions. Um, Twitter used to be like a really big place to talk, but people might be moving on to Hive or Mastodon. Um, and, you know, also like, don't be afraid to start stuff on your own if you know some local devs. Like, that is how some of the communities I've created started where I, you know, moved to a new city like New York or DC and I didn't know anybody. So I started a local gaming community and it grew and it grew and it grew. Um, and I'm, I'm lucky that those things happen. So th those are just kind of some of the general tips that I have. Yeah. Yeah. Really great. Um, I mean, I know that in, in America, we have a ton of different local chapters. Um, in your region, Christy, do you guys have those sort of developer communities? Are there any big ones that you know of for developers? Um, there are a few, but there are obviously there are, aren't so many. Uh, um, mm -hmm. Like there are in America, for example. But we, we have a few organizations of this type. Uh, for example, we have uh, um, uh, RGDA, which is a big organization here in Romania um, hmm. that like uh, has, uh, uh, I think they have like two events per year where they gather all these uh, developers and everything. Yeah, but of course there are far fewer than there are in America. Indie Game Business has one of the longest running digital event series in the gaming industry with hundreds of publishers, investors, developers, and tech companies to meet with. All the sessions are always free to watch forever and you can get a free pass to receive all the slide decks from all those speakers. The tickets for meetings start just at $50. Go to IndieGame.Business and use the code IGBPODCAST to get 20% off your ticket. I mean, that's, you know, it's, you got to find them where you can, but the good thing is some of these communities also have grants that can send you to trade shows, right. And they can yeah. uh, connect you with the right industry people. Um, they often have a little bit more leveraging power when it comes to um, building those industry connections. And I know that we at Exola here, we often partner with different small communities and sponsor them and sponsor webinars with them. And that, uh, also helps us get in front of developers and get that trustworthy connection with them. Um, okay, so I'm gonna move on to a question about cultural considerations and I'll throw this one over to you, Christy. So, you know, <clears throat> with different regions, I know you talked about this a little bit before, right? Mm -hmm. um, you should research the region before you come up with how you're going to deploy your trailer. It, I know that culture does play a big part into it. So what are some specific cultural aspects that people should think about when deciding what regions to launch their game in? 
Um, right. Uh, this is an intricate subject, so uh, I'll try to keep it rather short. Um, basically, each region, each country has its own peculiarity, uh, ranging from, you know, language to religious beliefs, to history, to politics, and so on. Um, as you know, what's acceptable in one culture can be totally unacceptable in another. So you have to be super careful about this. For example, I know that China has this highly specific set of laws regarding video games. Mm -hmm. I read that um, they, uh, each video game has to be formally uh, approved by the Chinese government. Uh, also, the fact that the game cannot feature content which is considered uh, distasteful uh, by the Chinese government, again. Uh, also, Chinese localization is tough. Uh, their social media platforms are so much different than the European or the American ones. Um, so what's important here uh, when trying to market your game in a different region is once again to do your homework uh, and do it very well. Uh, for example, you must collect as much uh, data as possible about the respective markets. Uh, for instance, uh, find out what the dominant religion is. This might be super important. Uh, how popular your game genre is uh, in the targeted market. Uh, even maybe what dominant artistic and political expression is. And of course the list goes on. Uh, then there's also the monetization strategy, uh, which should be carefully and also individually developed. Uh, for each country, since each one has different spending behavior. Uh, some cultures are more likely to make in-app purchases than others. Uh, of course, this is closely, closely related to the economic landscape, which is yet another aspect that needs to be researched in detail. Uh, so yeah, it's, an, it's a really complex subject, but yeah, that's about it, I think. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I... Uh, helped open up our market in China for Exola, so I really understand some of the limitations yeah. that developers have. It's a gigantic yeah. market, but the uh, yeah. you know culturally, the government really wants to doesn't want the youth to get you know hypnotized by video games. So each right. developer yeah. has to get a yeah they have to get an ID and a license to launch their game. Mm -hmm. um, in addition, games that want to launch in China. For example, I think blood is something that they can't show. So it has to be like yeah. a different color. Like all yeah, the yeah. blood of all game. Yeah, blood always has to be white for games in China. Um, so things like that. And then even talking about the art, you know, you mentioned the um, art style. Uh, I was yeah. recently just in Korea and they, all the games there are like really cute, really like chibi, yeah. like, you know, big head, tiny body, big eyes. Um, and yeah, they definitely connect a little bit more with that than like the photorealistic type of game. So uh, that, that's an interesting thing to consider. Um, throwing that same question over to Christina, you know, what are some of the specific cultural considerations that people should make when marketing their game? I would always to start consult with an expert um, and that expert, you know, like if you don't know something, no amount of Googling might be able to give you some random answers. Always, always Google if you can, of course, but like 
knowing somebody from that local region or city is, is really helpful to better understand, you know, cultural nuances within the, the narrative that you're making and the creative and the marketing. Um, obviously too, right? Like there's the show of blood and things like that from a larger scale. But if you think about it, like there are certain words that um, just sound kind of ridiculous or might be off or might be offensive, even within Spanish. Like in Spanish, certain words are curse words um, in some cities or in some countries and they don't mean a thing in others. Um, and so it's really important to kind of get those nuances and differences, not just because you have somebody that speaks Spanish or Portuguese, for example, have somebody that's from that region or from that area locally. Um, I think that would be really helpful. Yeah, absolutely. Somebody that you can consult with. Um, and, you know, now it's so globalized, you can reach out to people online, you can find them on Twitter, you can drop them a line. So that definitely makes it a lot easier. Um, now, one second. I, okay, one, okay, cool. <laughs> Sorry, just checking my notes. Just checking my notes, everyone, to make sure I haven't missed any questions. Um, I know that for a lot of indie developers, it can, you know, when it comes to going into different regions, it's like, okay, maybe I should just focus on my region, right? Maybe I should just <laughs> do the US, which is typically what people do, or uh, just do my country. So like, what, what, what is like an easy for, what is an easy step to kind of move from, okay, I'm just going to release the game in my country to I'm going to release the game in country one, two, three, four, five. Um, I'm going to throw that one over to Christy first. Um, yeah, can you please repeat the question? <laughs> sure, I <think> absolutely. <laughs> I know, I, I think it can be quite daunting and challenging even with doing research and talking to some local experts for any developer to take their game from, I'm going to launch it in my country or I'm just going to launch it in the United States to, you know, let's, 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 uh, let's do Latin America as well, or let's do Eastern Europe, right? Um, yeah. So what are some steps that people can do to make that sort of transition easier beyond sort of uh, research and, um, yeah, research and talking to some local local uh, developers and community members? Uh, yeah, I think Christina already uh, covered this question earlier pretty, mm -hmm. pretty good in, in the sense that, uh, of course, you have, to, you have to talk with local people in general to find out if um, a game, in our case, would be uh, suitable for a certain market or not. Um, since they're, they're the the, the most re reliable persons to ask. Uh, of course, you can Google, you can go for like uh, companies that do this type of research, uh, but you also have to corroborate data uh, in order to find out the, the, the accurate uh, answers. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that, you know, it's, you might be surprised by some of the benefits that you'll get from opening into a new market. Maybe yeah. you keep, your game might really connect and um, it is an entire new revenue stream when it comes to thinking about like, okay, 
have I reached, have I saturated my existing market that I'm in? Um, I know that at least on the payment side, like a quick, you know, Excel plug, we do global payments also. Um, and we make it really turnkey for developers to connect and sell their game or monetize or do in-game monetization for um, in, in pretty much any region. And they don't have to worry about taxes, regulations. They just say, sign one agreement and say, I want to go into this region and they go into it. So logistically, there's always ways for you to, you know, take a look and see if, are there some corporate, you know, company, corporate partners that you can partner with to get into some more regions. Um, I think there's a lot of resources out there too. Um, Christina, any uh, any thoughts oh, on that topic? Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Christina. Sorry. Yeah, I just wanted to add something else. Um, yeah. Yeah, and uh, it's also really important to to look for small data. Um, that this has this was a is a game game changer in the last decade or so. So small data is basically uh, or basically provides marketers with like the right information to make the right decisions. Uh, it can drive like super important insights. For example, small data could uh, uh, point to identifying drivers for game success. It can validate or invalidate assumptions about the target, the market, and so on. Uh, and this, of course, ultimately reduces the risks of investing in a certain market or a certain product uh, or a certain maybe marketing strategy. And it simply helps you save a lot of money. <laughs> um, and as you might know, in the past, there was a lot of like, experimenting and guesstimating and making uh, mostly uh, wrong assumptions. Also, there were correct assumptions as well. Um, but this resulted in like money wasted. So you have to, to look very closely at data. Got it. Yeah. Um, Christina, I wanted to throw this one over to you making it easier things steps people can do beyond research and talking to people that can make it less scary make it less daunting to move from your current region into global region i think always what's important is to start out with the game plan um and and just have everything written down that you can templatize and move over to each region that doesn't mean that your language or your marketing is an exact copy but rather you need to have marketing. Your marketing should be live by X, Y, Z. You need to have brand changes if possible or needed for that reason. It needs to be done before marketing by X, Y, Z. Having that game plan down in Asana or Trello or whatever you use and having it visible, then you can easily copy it over for each region. Project management, yeah. That's always, <laughs> I think people people don't think about that too much, but project management can really make your life easier. Um, okay, so we are just a little bit past um, the half hour. So I wanted to move into sort of the final thoughts that you guys have when it comes to, you know, marketing best practices to boost your game's launch. So <laughs> I'm gonna kick it over to Christy. Let's, let's talk about, you know, your final thoughts, just things you want the developers that are here today listening to leave with, if there's any, if they take anything away 
from this fireside chat, right? What's, you know, what are some of the most important things you want them to remember? Um, yeah, I, I believe uh, many developers are uh, oftentimes afraid of actually launching their product. Um, and I think deciding when a game is good enough uh, to launch is one of the biggest challenges for an indie game developer, at least. Uh, usually developers tend to spend a lot of time polishing things and sometimes they take this to the extreme. I think we've all been there before. Um, also marketing, uh, which we, we've talked about a lot uh, today, is another major aspect that tends to be completely sometimes forgotten, sometimes overlooked. It, it, yeah, it's difficult to market, uh, to successfully market a game. Um, there's also no clear recipe to pull this off. It's all about having a good marketing team uh, that truly adds real, real value to the product. Um, and I think the key here is to have like a balanced focus where you're not only investing in the, in the product, in the game, but you're also investing in, for example, uh, collecting insights about the market um, and also using the right marketing mix. Uh, yeah, I think this is it. Yeah, I did want to tap a little bit into the trailer part as well for you. So what, you know, when it comes to trailers, what are, I guess, how much should a developer expect to invest in a trailer? I think that's one thing that we didn't, cover that I just wanted to jump into real quick, right? I think I've, I've done some research as well. And it's, sometimes it's hard to see and find and like know how much that you need to put in, in terms of budget, in terms of time, in terms of resources. So what uh, can you talk a little bit about what that looks like? Um, this also depends a lot on the, on the game itself, on the, on the genre, on the market. Um, um, it depends on the on the phase of the game if, if it's uh, fully completed or not. Um, usually, uh, people or like developers tend to overlook this part. As I said earlier, uh, they don't think it's really that much important, but it's it really is super important to have like a real really good really good trailer. Um, so it's hard to say like a, a clear number. You you should like put twenty percent or or twenty five percent, but it it all depends uh, on on many many factors here. Um, but as I said earlier, you have to do your homework beforehand, uh, test the market, um, look at your competitors, look at what they did before, uh, look at what the trailers look like. This is super important as well. Um, look at their tra your competitors' performance performance in, ter in terms of uh, trailers. Um, look at the channels that you're trying to to aim for. And yeah, it's a it, it's a bunch of of data you have to look at uh, in order to find out the the, the real answer, which is uh, actually unique just for you. It's not a, a general recipe here. Okay. Um, great. Thank you, Christy. And now I want to throw it over to Christina for final thoughts. 
Um, sorry, there's someone spamming the chat with inappropriate comments. Um, my final thoughts are, um, I think when it comes to marketing your game and, and thinking, think firstly of your goals, think firstly of, of what you're hoping to accomplish and set goals for yourself, right? Because if you just kind of go into this and are unsure of like what you want, you're going to come out not knowing if you got it, right? So I think that's important. It's also important, obviously, budget to think about like how much you have. If you're just an indie developer and this is just you and a couple of friends, it's okay if you don't have a major budget. You can still make impact. I mean, you see people on the internet getting notoriety every single day for, I don't know, absolutely nothing. So you can definitely make an impact. It just takes time and effort. And I, you know, if you do have more budget and money um, within your company, do know that marketing is important, right? And it is important to kind of dedicate some resources to that and that you should be thinking about it from the beginning of the iteration process. So, yeah. Great. Awesome. Okay, now I want to take a look at some of the Q&A questions. So if you guys have questions that you specifically want to ask uh, Christy or Christina, please put them in the chat while they are here. They're very knowledgeable in their fields. Um, so yes, so I mean, I'll go ahead and dive into some of the first ones that we have, which is about Exola Accelerator. Um, so Accelerator, like I said, is a 16 week intensive program um, that developers can join that um, offers $100,000 in bridge funding, personalized mentorship, and um, you basically go through a bunch of courses that cover everything from, you know, how to run your gaming business to uh, how to design your game well um, and uh, how to market your game. The way that you can sign up for this is just sign up through Exola Funding Club. It's the entry point for every single funding program at Exola. Um, so it's the same information that is needed um, and the same link here. If you do want to learn more about Accelerator, you can just go to the URL. It's very easy, um, excella.com slash accelerator, and that will uh, take you through the information about the program and how to apply. But it's very easy to apply, just the same application as Excella Funding Club, and there will be a checkbox to mark for Accelerator, and that will uh, put you into consideration for the program. Yes. All right. Do we have any other questions that I can answer or Christy or Christina can answer for you? Is there any questions in the Discord? I actually can't see the AMA in the Discord. So if well, if we'll check the Discord after and then if we happen to not cover what you uh, cover your question, then we'll answer in the Discord. All right. Well, I want to take this time to thank my lovely panelists, Christy and Christina, for joining me today. <laughs> it's it's. Uh, I know we got a little mixed up on the names at the beginning, but we figured it out, and I think we covered some really great topics. And uh, where can people follow? It can. What? Where can people follow you? Where can people find you? You know, how, what do you what do you want to plug? Uh, follow us at uh, Latinx and Gaming on Twitter um, and then I think also you can follow me on so Chris 88 on Twitter as well 
Um, yeah, and follow Pattern Agency on Instagram. I also follow my account as well, which is Curse Christie on Instagram. <laughs> Why not? Uh, yeah, that's it. Thank you very much. Thank you, guys. Um, Arthur, I will respond to your question in Discord um, if you have it since uh, we just went through our wrap-ups. And thank you, everyone. Uh, thank you for joining us, and we hope we'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Yeah, thank you so much for uh, thank you for so much for doing this. There was one more question here um, from Arthur. Yes, yes, yes. Um, Did you want to respond to that outside of this, or? Sure. Yes. Let me. Or respond. inside. It's up to you. You can do what you want. You're okay. the one with the no, red was... background. You can. <laughs> so I would say, you know, we have an ebook that is called uh, the Guide to Indie Game Funding. That ebook covers how everything that should be in your pitch deck. Um, and how to give a really strong pitch that's comprehensive. So I definitely recommend checking out that ebook and looking at what the details are that you need for your pitch deck to you know, really connect with what investors are looking for. Other than that, your, your unique selling proposition, your replayability, and um, you know, keeping your yeah, unique selling proposition, replayability, and just a fun factor. Those are all things that you need to consider when creating your playable build or your vertical slice. Um, so those are going to be the strongest things that can help you match with an investor. Uh, Sean wanted to know what the Discord in, in server invite link. Is it just discord.gg slash Exola? Um, uh, oh, in the Indie Game Business Discord. Oh, the Indie Game Business Discord is Twitch or Twitch. Discord.gg slash Indie Game Business. Yeah, yeah. So I'll, I'll, I'll be on there after this chat and then I'll field any questions that come in. Okay, perfect. Thank you all so much. We appreciate you so much. We always appreciate Exola. We appreciate the amazing game devs coming on and talking about their project. Coming up next, let me see. What do we got next? I am not on the ball right this second. Uh, do, 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 do. Where are we at? We oh, here we are. Starting a studio with no experience. Ooh, this will be a good talk. Yeah, so thank you all so much. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Thanks for listening to Indie Game Business. You can learn more about the show and our online business networking events at indiegame.business.